Tales from the Wild. Stories from the Heart. A journey into the mind and soul of fired up business professionals where they share their vision for the future. And hear from a different non-profit organization every month as they create awareness of their goals and their needs. Dive into a world of untamed passion as we join our host Shireen Buerta for this month's episode of Friends from Wild Places. Hello, hi, my name is Shireen. I am your virtual boutique bookkeeper and QuickBooks advisor. Do you know one of the benefits of bookkeeping with SBS? It creates a cushion for the unexpected by helping you know what you can afford and how much you can put aside to save for those unforeseen expenditures. It's not too late, so start today. My superpower is bookkeeping. What's yours? If you want to know more, go check me out at www.shereensbookkeeping.com and allow me to keep your books clean so you don't have to. Call Shereen's Bookkeeping Services today and allow me to be your bookkeeper for the future. Welcome back, listeners. We're so happy to have you here. You are listening to Friends from Wild Places with myself, Shireen, and my beautiful co-host, Tanya. And I've got to say, Tanya, you are looking absolutely amazing today. Um, oh, <laughs> you're too kind, Shireen. You're too kind. So how are things in Miami? Oh, doing good, doing good. Always staying busy. Always a new venture going on. So Glad to join you this morning, and we have our fabulous guest this morning with us, so uh, Ricky Powell. And Ricky, you're calling in from California, I believe. Is that correct? I am, exactly. Southern California. Southern California. <laughs> so we have uh, three different time zones on one podcast, so it's uh, the power of Zoom, I guess. Absolutely. Welcome, Ricky. So Ricky Powell began his professional career at the age of seven as a child actor in the 1970s, working with many of Hollywood's biggest legends. After college, Ricky moved behind the camera, spending five years in post-production on The Golden Girls, before arriving at NBC, where he worked the next 25 years, putting every comedy, drama, and reality show on the air. By the time he left the network in 2015, Ricky had become a author, speaker, corporate trainer and executive coach. He has spoken and trained on many topics ranging from positive psychology, communication, sales and leadership to conflict resolution, time management and neuro-linguistic programming. So welcome. It's so good to have you, Ricky. Oh, it's so great to be here, Shireen. Thank you so much for, for having me. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. And that's quite a biography that you got going on there, Ricky. I mean, uh, that's amazing. Thank you, Tanya. It's been quite a ride. It's been an amazing life, you know, and with all the usual ups and downs, right? So, yeah, it was a really, really fun journey. Well, you're very interesting and we'll, I'm very excited. I have so many questions to ask you. But before we start, I know a few podcasts ago, we spoke a little bit about a gentleman by the name of Michael Knowles, who is an actor, commentator, author, and media host. 
He's also now got his YouTube channel. We did speak about it briefly. Last time we spoke about it, we spoke about the fact that he interviewed a priest who actually has the job title of a exorcist. And uh, we discussed that a little bit, but now um, a month later after that interview, he sat down with another person, a former witch. This lady is a former witch because she no longer practices the witchcraft as she was a witness of a demon killing her father. Now, that is a lot to to swallow and it is very interesting to listen to these interviews so if you want to out of curiosity listen to the whole entirety of the interview you just have to go on youtube and look up michael knows and you can see both interviews but um i guess i'm just going to go straight to my question do you believe that there is such a thing as the paranormal and why so tanya should we start with you you're, you're talking to uh, death care extraordinaire herself over here. So I, um, as a licensed funeral director in Bomber, having gone to mortuary school, I teach funeral services, and now I oversee the program at Miami-Dade College in mortuary education. You know, I I don't doubt that there is something beyond, you know, be, beyond us. And um, having brought up Roman Catholic, as far as the religion, I believe that my viewpoints have expanded over the years because I teach world religions related to funeral services to be able to be proficient in providing service and care to all religions, all ethnicities, all cultures. So for example, our world religions um, you know, have different protocols for caring for the deceased. Having been in an active funeral home, serving many families, Yes, I do believe there's paranormal things out there. I'm also very cognizant of, you know, where to kind of put the energy, because I think whatever you put your energy to can increase. So I'm very also aware that if it's not something that I am in, you know, proficient in, I wouldn't want to like entangle myself into something what I would consider dark energy. Absolutely. What about yourself, Ricky? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, Tanya, what a fascinating background you have. That is just so amazing. I mean, I could spend all day, uh, you know, offline talking about this, but yeah, Shireen, I definitely do. And, and I think to me, I just have always known that there are these forces out there of good and evil. And I, and I think that transcends so many different topics. And to me, this is one of them. Right. And and listening to um, the interview where he was speaking with the witch uh, about witchcraft and all the different colors and white magic and black magic and all of that sort of thing. It's very similar to me, you know, with the good versus evil. And so there's not a doubt in my mind that 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 energy exists. Right. hundred percent. I am with Tanya on this one. I agree 100% when it comes to there's definitely paranormal. There's definitely, if you're going to believe that there is uh, a good energy out there that's in control, uh, bigger than you, that's in play, then you you can't not believe that there's also the opposite, which is the evil. And 
100% good and evil. That dimension, and I've got goosebumps just talking about it because it is it is a dimension that I don't know a lot about and I don't think we know much about it either just in this little room between the three of us. And I can't talk about it, but I do know it is 100% real, but I don't, because I don't know a lot about it, I, I'm not afraid of it, but I do not want to mess with something that I don't fully understand in the sense of the paranormal. So I'm talking about you have a lot of these paranormal YouTube channels that I've opened up where they go investigate actual haunted places, people that have had issues in their houses and whatever, and they go out and help families and whatever else. That's what they do. That is, that's what they enjoy doing, you know, making videos on it, experimenting, doing tests, doing all these machinery and picking up these waves and all that and having these devices where they hear ghosts um spirits coming through and speaking all of that is paranormal right and I respect that but I also respect that I don't know enough to dabble in it and I do not in any way shape or form want to play with something that pretends to be good when they are evil and I open a door to something that I shouldn't be opening a door and then there's issues so I am a little bit cautious when it comes to that but I do 100% believe that there is as much as the good energy there is bad there is good and there's evil it's in every great classical movie back until you know years old you know great storybooks always with a good and evil storyline so it's there it's always been there in our entire history of being on this earth so that's uh what i believe yeah and it's literally like that that pandora's box that we all know about right once you start you know you just open up this whole Pandora's box of the unknowing. Right, right. It's very interesting. And probably why I was so interested in the first place when I started listening to Michael Knowles and I stumbled over the interview with the priest. I've already said this to Tanya. I had no clue that that was a real thing, that there's a job title out there uh, in the priesthood of being a exorcist and that's mm-hmm. his job that's what he does so yeah. and then you know it's very interesting and I'm quite happy to actually listen and learn from the different interviews and I'm curious um Shireen are you yeah. familiar with Napoleon Hill Napoleon Hill's work uh, he wrote the book Think and Grow Rich I think it was in 1938, it became kind of the Bible of personal development. But what was fascinating to me is he wrote another book, I believe that same year, called Outwitting the Devil. Have either of you, are you familiar with this book? The first book, yes, not the second. Okay, so Outwitting the Devil was so fascinating to me. And you can actually go on YouTube and type in Outwitting the Devil. And the entire thing is there in the form of an interview. 
And it was just so brilliant, I thought. And it shows what a genius Napoleon Hill really was because he was so far ahead of his time. And in essence, he's the uh, protagonist, Mr. Earthbound, interviews the devil to have him divulge all of his secrets of how he controls the mind of man. And it's based, I believe, on like seven fears, fear of poverty, fear of illness, fear of death, you know, fear of loss of love, all of these sorts of things. And it's just absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a great read and or listen on, on YouTube. Oh, wow. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you for that, Ricky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100% definitely something that I would uh, look further into. But um, Ricky, so we have the quote of the day when it comes to our podcast. So today the quote is, your personal philosophy is the greatest determining factor in how your life works out. And this is by Jim Ron. And this mm-hmm. is a quote that was picked out specifically by Ricky. So Ricky, why don't you just share with us a little bit about what this quote means to you? Absolutely, Shireen. So Jim Rohn was one of my all-time favorite mentors. He he was Tony Robbins' mentor. And as soon as I learned that, I dug into everything Jim Rohn ever did, said, taught, all of that. And I could quote him all day long. So it was very hard to pick one, but this is the one that I've used in so many presentations. And what I love about it is just, to me, points out, again, Tanya, as you were saying, you know, where you put your attention, energy increases. And and so with this, it's all about really asking yourself, what is my personal philosophy? And so, which goes to your beliefs and beliefs lead to your thoughts and thoughts are things, thoughts are energy, and it's all either positive or negative. So I got to thinking about that question. And and for me, I thought, you know, I really believe that everything happens for a reason. And in presenting this so many times, there are many people on board with that and subscribe to that theory. And then I also met many people who say, well, I I can't really buy into that because if everything happens for a reason, why are there such horrible things in the world like cancer and the Holocaust and hunger and, you know, all of those sorts of things. And I totally understand that. And so then I thought a little more because I wanted to make it a more universal philosophy. And so I had a slide that I would show that said everything happens for a reason. And then I just slowly faded in a red line, crossing out the last three words for a reason, leaving everything happens. And right. I mean, Yeah, yeah, there's no disputing that. Right. I think everyone can agree that everything happens. And so at that point, life really becomes maybe 10% what happens and 90% how we respond to it. Right. So we could rename it your quote, Ricky, right? I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Everything happens. Tanya, you're exactly right. I need to do that. I'm going to coin that. Yeah, well, you can make, uh, you know, t-shirts and have marketing. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't I think of that? That's wonderful. Yeah, send me a hat when you get one. Okay, that's all I ask. (laughs) And what a perfect example of everything happens for a reason, right? Here the three of us are, and, and I love that. Thank you. 
Awesome, awesome. Okay, let's get into this. So before we even start, I have a question for you, Ricky. As a child actor, what were some of the shows that you were in? Maybe I know some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ab absolutely. So the first show I ever did, I was maybe seven, eight, nine years old, uh, was an episode of Bewitched, the show Bewitched, speaking of witchcraft. <laughs> and it really was my favorite show. And so I played Mrs. Kravitz's nephew and it was about Samantha trading places with the good tooth fairy for the evening. So Samantha was in the good fairy outfit and I came over and found her in that. And and then uh, the next year they had me back to do a different character. I was babysat by Esmeralda, which was fun too. So she took my stuffed animal bear and turned it into a real bear. And it was a lot of fun. And then from there went on to do a lot of many more shows. I did a night gallery called The Messiah on Mott Street with Edward G. Robinson and um, Yafit Koto and Tony Roberts. And then Mod Squad, Owen Marshall, uh, The Rookies, The Rockford Files, you know, lots of those old staples from the 70s. And then commercial-wise, I did the very first Eggo Waffle commercial. I don't know. I don't think you're familiar with it over there, but... I have heard of egos. I have heard of Okay. Okay, you have. Oh, nice. <laughs> Not sure in South Africa. I learned about it when I was in America, but yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, in fact, that's on YouTube, too. You type in Lego My Ego. I'm in a red shirt. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was really fun. And the last two things I did, I was around 18 or 20 years old. I had one line in the movie Airplane 2. And I was in Tom Cruise's second movie called Losing It, which most people have not heard of. It was with Tom Cruise and Jackie Earl Haley and Shelley Long. So, wow. Yeah. Well, was your background, was your family history, is that is it a lineage of that or is this something? <laughs> no, th this was something, Tanya, when I, from the time I could talk, I just pointed to the TV and said, I want to be in there. You know, I thought it was so cool. And as it turns out in the first grade, when I was about six years old, I became best friends with a kid who was on a series at the time. So his dad helped me get an agent and that's how the whole thing started. Wow. Wow. Just a random question. So I haven't watched TV. It's got to be, I think it's going on almost 30 years. I don't own wow. a TV. Oh, congratulations. I, so, I love that. But those, the time period that you're describing, I was actively watching a lot of the uh. shows that you were describing. What age was the bewitched, like the, you know, the grandmother, the the mom and, and Tabitha? What, how old were they actually, roughly? Right. Well, Tabitha, um, Aaron, is just, a, I think, a few years younger than than myself. So back then, probably six. But I mean, she was on from, from the time she was a baby. And right. we kind of watched her grow up on the show, which was cool. Yeah, so. About six, okay. And, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure about Agnes Moorhead. I, I'm not sure how old she was at the time. I didn't have any scenes with her, actually, with Agnes Moorhead. Oh, you know, interesting. I So I grew up watching uh, Bewitched. So it was me, my mother, and my grandmother. So I would pretend that was the family. <laughs> so I created, so it, it resonates with me with the Bewitched uh, family. Uh, yeah, I love that. That's great. Thank you and, for sharing. Oh, my pleasure. And, you know, I have to say, I'm always so fascinated and 
just impressed when someone like yourself will say like, I, I don't own a TV. I haven't watched in 30 years because that's one of the things Jim Rohn used to talk about as well. You know, people would get TVs and then bigger TVs and bigger. And he told a story once of how one of um, the people in his presentation was talking about this amazing, you know, big TV that he had just gotten. And Jim Rohn looked at him and he said, how much did that cost you? And he said, I, you know, whatever the amount was, 700, 2000, however, whatever the dollar amount was. And then he said, no, how much did it cost you? Meaning, what did you have to give up to watch that television? You know, how, how much reading didn't you do? Or, you know, how many people didn't you help? Or, you know, that, that type of thinking. And I think it's so true, you know. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a great place to unwind for a while, but at the same time, it comes at a cost. Right. right. I agree with that. I think I don't watch much TV either. So, but I do spend a lot of time on YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. Where <laughs> I watch right. channels there. So, um, yeah. Right. So I want to know a little bit about who you are, just so that myself and Tanya and the listeners can can get. A little bit of a taste of who you are. Go ahead. Well, I was about to say all those years that I was at NBC and putting all those shows on the air, I remember a time when I kind of took a step back and thought, there's really a reason it's called programming, right? Because it's a it's just a one-way conversation and you know, so much is put into the content and all of that, especially, of course, when you're talking about news and, and things like that, but even, even in entertainment programming. And so I always had the entrepreneurial bug. I knew it's never great to put all your eggs in one basket. So even all those years I was there, I was doing, and I was working like 60 to 80 hours a week, I would be doing other things on the side, whether it was you know, um, investing in gumball machines that I would place and I, on my way into work, I would roll quarters, you know, or, oh gosh, just all kinds of different things, which eventually led to coaching, by the way. But I just felt like I wanted to one day step up and serve on a higher level. And so that's what I've been trying to do for, for the last several years. My first nine years there, were very challenging because of this sociopath I was working with. And, you know, talk about good versus evil. I felt it, it really was, was like that for, for nine years. And, but again, to the point of everything happening for a reason, that is what drove me to pick up my first book on the subject of happiness called happiness is a serious problem by Dennis Prager. And this man wanted nothing to do with it, but I was so fascinated with it. I read every book on the topic, listened to every program. I wrote my own book in 2012, started doing public speaking inside and outside the company on it. And it really became my life's work in a way. And so for many years, I had this website, Lifelong Happiness, and I never really turned it into the vision that I had for it. So I pulled it down. Right now, it's just, it's forwarded to my corporate sales training and coaching site, but shortly I plan on really revamping it, sort of doing a 2.0 version and getting it out there and creating a, a worldwide community of, you know, just like-minded, positive people who are lifelong learners and, 
you know, want to really keep getting better incrementally on a daily basis, because that's so possible, you know, and I just, I've always been fascinating with personal development and improving and helping others. I know I had made a note, oh, in the, in the witchcraft speech, she, she talked about, or interview, I should say, she talked about control and manipulation. And I took a deep dive into NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which Tony Robbins has been using all these years. He didn't invent it. It was invented in the 70s by John Grinder and Richard Bandler. But he turned it into, you know, a whole career. And I have always found that fascinating, too, because it gets called out a lot of times because it's about influence and not only being able to influence yourself or influence others, but also influence yourself to help you break through fears or overcome phobias and things like that. But there's a fine line between influence and manipulation. So again, the dark side, people who have the dark side in them can tend to use it for manipulation. And that's been done as well all these years. So I just kind of helping people become aware of all of this, right? Right. I love that. Tune in next week for part two from Friends from Wild Places. You've been listening to Friends from Wild Places with Shireen Buerta. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast from the links to catch every episode and unleash your passion.